0: Lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. We call that our life cycle, made a shirt about it, and it rings true with who we are as a podcast and a group. We are fortunate enough to have partnered with a company who can help us achieve one of those three key elements, some Sleep. They have a keto-friendly version of their delicious sleep aid drink, and we're loving it. It's a lightly flavored eight-ounce anti-energy drink. You drink it roughly 30 minutes before you're ready to go to sleep and you'll feel it help you into a deep, restful, all-night sleep. It provides some helpful elements to do so, including magnesium, GABA, and melatonin. When combined, you have a powerful tool for getting the impactful sleep that you and I so frequently don't get in our technology-driven, fast-paced lives. You can find it at some retail stores, but you can also purchase it online and get it shipped to your door. When you do, use discount code TKMC10 and you'll not only be getting 10% off, but you'll be helping support the Keto Man's Club. You can find the link to their website by going to theketomansclub.com. We're thankful to Sam for partnering with us and we hope you'll benefit from the use of their product the way we have so far. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts and this week I am joined by Jim and Alberto and it's good to have the three of us back together again. Alberto just got back from a couple weeks of vacation. I'm outside. Uh, for those that aren't watching the YouTube version of this, I'm sitting outside in my backyard in front of my smoker. I have some uh, burgers and some chicken on there that I needed to manage, so I just moved my studio outside. Uh, but luckily, it's a uh, lovely day here in Texas, even though it is a little bit hot. Not not terribly hot, but hot enough that, you know, I've got my water here and I'll be sweating plenty. But yeah, glad to uh, to to be together. Jim, what's going on with you?
1: Uh, started Staycation 2021 yesterday at 12.05, which is kind of nice, so I've got a week off. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out if I can get away for a day or two and um, take the dogs to some cabin in the woods and disconnect for a couple days, but if not, uh, that's all right. Um, the highlight of Staycation 2021 so far is that, um, as you guys know, I've been struggling with sleep over the last couple of months, and uh, last night I um, took a sleeping pill and slept for about nine hours straight, got up, did a couple things. And then like a 13 year old teenage boy, I went back to bed and slept till noon today. And it was awesome. So if, if that's the start of staycation, it's not so bad. Um, so that's my, uh, that's my status at the moment. That's a pretty good start. That, I, I, would, I would say that's
0: a pretty good start. Berto, what's new with you? How did the trip go?
2: Oh, fine. You know, dragged the whole family up to Chicago to go visit the parents for a little while. Uh, just got back yesterday, so spent most of the day just getting the house back in order, cutting the grass, grocery shopping, that kind of thing. So it was good to get the, the time off to rest and relax and let all my achy joints and muscles take a break, because all that fun stuff starts again tomorrow. and It's going to be brutal. So I also plan on uh, starting this year's cut tomorrow morning. So that should be that, sh- that should be interesting because I'm back to eating. The same amount of calories as I was when I started last year's cut, but I am only a few pounds lighter, but way leaner than what I started at last year. So this is going to be, this time around, is going to be pretty interesting to see how what the end result is going to be. Yeah, I,
0: I agree. I think uh, this will be uh, a, a, an interesting test for you. You've done these cycles now two or three times where you very slow, gradual uh, cut down to your birthday, then... Uh, come back out of it slowly. Um, ra- you know, and, and th- this one has been interesting. This this change or this this ver- uh, version of that has uh, seems to have been an interesting one for you. So that's uh, that's that's going to be fun to
2: to watch and go along with you on it. It'll be interesting because uh, I've somehow managed to put on, I think, like six or seven pounds since last september october but uh very very minimal fluff so it'll it'll be a I'll be curious to see what all gets stripped away because well you always think that there's not much to strip away but there's always something to strip away so let's we'll just see how it ends up
0: yeah absolutely we might be getting to some of that with uh, jay tonight since we uh uh since he knows a, a thing or two about shredding uh so well i'm sure that this will be a, a good conversation for all that um so, yeah, let's get into shout outs real quick. Uh, after that, we'll do a little club business and then we'll dive right into uh, Jay, his story, and uh, learn a little bit of his expertise. Although he's got his expertise out there in a lot of other places. So, we're, we're mostly interested in his story. So, uh, Berto, let's start with you.
2: Well, with a group member, uh, Nathan B. Just kept a couple side by side pictures of his uh, headshots, and uh, he said he's down 126 pounds. And what caught my attention is one of his pictures. He is in front of First Avenue in Minneapolis, and that's probably one of my favorite venues on the rare occasion that I do visit Minneapolis. So uh, I'm going to run with that guy. 126 pounds down. I think that's definitely worth celebrating and uh, noteworthy for sure. What about you, Jim?
1: Uh, Mine is Jason T., who uh, had his uh, 4th of July side-by-sides from 2018 to uh, 2021 2018 was a little bit rough. Um, not only was he about 280 pounds, but he's got that. Um, I fell asleep in the sun tan, and uh, it's not tan, it's red. And it's not the all red as much as my arm was across my chest. So he's got this like shoulder strap looking thing, the poor guy. Uh, but he's uh, gone from 280 to 170. Um, pretty awesome job. So kudos to uh, Jason. Interesting. Chris, interesting. What about you? Jason. I, I actually talked. To, well, we actually
2: communicate with Jason on a regular basis. So I, I believe he's just under six feet tall and got down to like 160 something pounds. That guy is eating upwards of 4,000 calories a day and has yet to really start gaining any any a uh, noticeable weight yet. So like he 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 figured it out and he was able to to dial his own little personal system in and and for like he's got a very active job too and he still works out uh, whenever he's not dealing with other like achy health issues. But for, for for someone to be as lean as he is eating that much food and at the same time, like, not really blowing up with it at all, just being able to stay lean and continue rocking, like, that, that takes a commitment and time.
0: Yeah, he's, he's killing it. And, and just like you said, Berto, he, he's, even today, he's, he was uh, in our group chat saying, yeah, I'm really, really hungry. And we're like, you should probably eat more. And he's like, but, and we're like, you should really eat more. He's like, how? <laughs> like, he really just didn't know have what what to do. Um, yeah, he didn't know what to do. I am shouting out Brian Hodge. It, it, uh, Brian has done uh some amazing things. Uh, two milestones. He says to report 160 pounds of weight loss so far, and yesterday marked one year of no alcohol. Um, he, he's looking fantastic. Like uh, he, people literally commented. This is a different person, right, in the, the comments of his posts, So really and truthfully, an amazing transformation uh, from him and awesome to see him in the group. And um, here's to more than a year by the time this airs of sobriety. That's, uh, that's absolutely a stellar thing to pursue. Uh, a couple notes to our listeners and viewers. Uh, number one, we, we do have a place to view this. This will be a video episode uh, eventually on YouTube, and we'd love for you to to join us over there on YouTube, leave comments, and interact with us there. Uh, but you can find uh, all of our links to everything. You can find the podcast. You can find the YouTube channel. You can find pretty much everything uh, by going to theketomansclub.com. Everything is there. Brand new website. We'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment. Leave us a uh, 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 whatever um, there, rating and, and, and everything else. You can find links to the Facebook groups uh, and the Facebook page there, as well as links to our product partners uh, that we are very appreciative of them uh, supporting us in the ways that they do. So, uh, everything is there, thecutomansclub.com. You've also got social links for Jim, Berto, and myself. Uh, so we've got, uh, all of that right there in one place, which is really great to have and see. Um, today we have, um, it, well, actually, before we dig into that, Jim, any other things that we need to cover before we dive in?
1: No, I think, um, we're pretty much on track as usual. So, um, no, I think we're ready to roll.
0: Very cool. So, today we are joined by jay campbell, and he's uh one of those guys that has a crap ton of knowledge in his head and he he is one of the very first, if not the very first, to write a book in modern times about keto and about how it can be used for uh human health and nutrition and all of that and so we are blessed to have him join us. I am really interested in your story, Jay, and I want you to. Kind of introduce yourself a little bit in the way that you would like to introduce yourself, and then we'll
3: dive in from there. Sure. First off, um, <clears throat> I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, in the spirit of gratitude, you know, meeting you guys, Chris, Berto, Jim, it's always an honor for me and a privilege to speak on podcasts. You know, whatever it is we're talking about, because <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, we're all unified as human beings. And you know, my goal is to get more people being instead of doing. So, you know, it's an honor to have a conversation with you guys today here, even if it's just virtually. Um, So, you know, my story is, I don't know even how to really go down my story. I'll give you a hundred thousand foot summary. Uh, You know, I was an ex college and professional uh, athlete. I had a cup of coffee playing professional basketball a long time ago. I'm 50 years old now. So this was back in 1994 Uh, and I played college basketball at a small division two school, Georgia Southwestern University in Americas. Uh, But I was really good. Um, had a lot of injuries, but like I said, I had a cup of coffee. I played a little bit of in Austria in 1994 and then um, moved out to Southern California like a lot of people do uh, to get into acting or modeling or whatever. And uh, I played that game a little bit. I was actually in a couple of movies. I was, in, I was in the movie Forrest Gump and I did a lot of also featured extra work for a lot of like big, te- big name sitcoms that people would know back in those days. Uh, but it wasn't for me. Uh, you know, I saw how dark the underbelly of Hollywood was. And so I was like, Nope, this is not me. And then, you know, just, I'm a good person from a standpoint of like building relationships and communicating really well. I made friends, uh, in, in sales marketing type stuff. And, uh, that kind of led me to, uh, get into the path of what I was doing, which was, uh, marketing and sales. Uh, and at 29, I was still playing, uh, in competitive men's adult basketball leagues, And I got kicked in the testicles playing and, you know, bowled over and was like, holy shit, you know, I'm seeing stars and checked out. And about two months later, I started having all sorts of uh, physical deficiencies. I was low energy, just broken down. So I was, you know, really lucky. There's no coincidences, I don't think, in the universe, just synchronicities. I went to a PPO doctor and he recommended me to see an endocrinologist to get some blood work done. And they did. And I have low testosterone and the guy was like, you know, you are suffering from what is known at the time as type two hypogonadism, which is, you know, you're, there's something going on, probably the kick, whatever it could be. But, you know, I can put you on therapeutic testosterone and, um, you'll be right as rain in a couple of months, but go home and talk to your wife. At the time I was not actually married. I was about to be married. I was a month away from being married. I was engaged. And so I spoke to my fiance, my wife to be, and said, Hey, you cool with this? And she's like, well, you're a smart guy. You know, I'm sure that you'll be able to like, you know, get through it and maneuver through it. So anyway, I went on, started using therapeutic testosterone. This is a long time ago, 1999. um, And it wasn't really as known as it is now today. Um, But thankfully I was working with like a world renowned uh, endocrinologist. Again, he was Harvard trained and uh, his name was Dr. Raymond Scruggs and he did exactly what he said that he was going to do. And, you know, when he was wanted to take me off, cause I was only 30 years old. Um, I was like, absolutely. No, you're not taking me off of this. I feel absolutely amazing. There's no way I could ever see myself not being on this. So, you know, that was again, 2000, 2001. Subsequently, I became a student, became extremely studious. I was always kind of a nerdy guy in that, you know, I had a minor in molecular biology. And so I was one of those dorks that would like read PubMed and, you know, all the studies that were, you could find online back then, which was difficult. But if you had a, you know, a buddy that had a login to peer, you know, to PubMed, you could read them. So anyway, I was reading studies and there was nothing on therapeutic testosterone, to be honest with you. If you could read Russian or Bulgarian, there was, but you know, I couldn't read Russian or Bulgarian. So I just became really, really studious. I read, you know, whatever was out there, there was, there was a book called Built to Survive. It was written by Nelson Bergel and Michael Mooney. And, you know, their, um, their entire book was on like surviving with HIV, right? At that time, everybody thought HIV was a death sentence. So those guys were looking to use anabolic steroids, testosterone, growth hormone, and other things to survive. And so, you know, I took some of the information from that uh, and, you know, just became really, really studious. And like I said, over like the next 10 years, um, my friends and my inner circle, I was still in the marketing sphere you know, would always ask me like, you know, dude, you look so physically, you're so impressive physically. Like, you know, how do you do or look the way you do And I would always tell people i have like, I use therapeutic testosterone and you know, I would always get like the look of like, wow, you use steroids or then the other people would be like, wow, tell me more. Right. So it was always like the po- the, the polarity of those, both of those answers. Uh, So eventually got to the point where I was about 41 and some of my good friends in my inner circle were like, bro, you got to write a book about this. You know, you know more about this than any physician. Like, you know, you're obviously walking the walk, um, write the book. And so, you know, I was kind of weird at the time. I was, uh, I was on my, I just met my, uh, my current and last wife. Uh, and we had been, you know, we hadn't been, we weren't married yet, but we were dating and I was coming out of a really bad divorce and, her and I were working together in real estate and I didn't really want to risk or jeopardize um, that business by being a non-medical person writing a book on therapeutic testosterone, right? So I I reached out to some, you know, pretty renowned people, uh, Rick Collins being one who's like one of the world's most famous attorneys in the, you know, performance enhancement arena. He works for like the professional bodybuilder association that, you know, at the time of worldwide wrestling, you know, he's just a well-known guy. And I sent him my white paper that I had, it wasn't the book, but it was like a working outline. You know, there was some in it. And I said, hey, could you look at this and give me some feedback? And Rick is actually one of my closest friends today. This is a long time ago. This is back in 2014. But he, you know, immediately responded within a day. And he said, look, dude, he's like, I can't guarantee. He gave me a lawyer's answer. He's like, I can't guarantee that if somebody in the Senate, Senate's office got a bug up their ass, yeah, it wouldn't come after you in some capacity for writing this. But, you know, that's my recommendation. So once he said that to me, I was like, oh, nope, I'm not, you know, I have no arrest rest record. I've never been arrested or anything. I don't want to put any of that kind of pressure on my business life. So I just shelved it. But luckily I sent that same white paper to Nelson Virgil, the guy that wrote Built to Survive and, in an email. And again, he knew me from Adam, but he responded about two months later after sh- I'd shelved it. And he said, look, I don't know who you are, but this book has to be written. He's like, this is profound stuff. Um, how can we talk further? And that was back in, I think, you know, the late part of 2014 or maybe as the middle of 2014, I don't remember. It's a while ago. Um, So then he subsequently helped me uh, with writing the book, getting it organized, you know, um, cleaning up places. Cause obviously it's my first book. I'd never written a book and I was self-publishing too. Um, And they, I finally launched the book, which was called the definitive TRT manual in 2015 in November. And it went on to become a really, you know, smash um you know there's still still to this day i think it's actually now been passed by my other book but they're two two number one selling books of all time so that was in 2015 again on therapeutic testosterone and then you know meeting writing that book and then meeting all these people that i've met in the uh medical community researchers doctors uh you know all sorts of clinicians it it led me to write all these other books right you guys you know you guys know books probably for, on fasting that I've written. And then, you know, my most recent book which is living a fully optimized life. So, you know, in that world of, uh, writing books and meeting people, I, I really, you know, got this acclaim as like, you know, one of the world's leading experts on like kind of hormones and health optimization. I kind of think that we coined this entire, you know, genre, uh, from allopathic medicine or sick care to, you know, optimized health, which is obviously taking personal responsibility and accountability for your health. Um, you know, and that's kind of my story, you know, I'm not talking obviously about my family and my kids. I'm, I'm blessed to have two children. Uh, and my wife has three biologicals from a previous marriage. So at times, you know, we've been managing five children over the last 10 years, which has been a blessing, a challenge, but a blessing. Um, and you know, here I am, you know, now today I, I created a company with my business partner, uh, a seer custom, which is absolutely a game changing golden age as we like to say a product company. And we're disrupting a, essentially, depending on who you talk to, a 6 to $12 billion a year industry in the hair loss industry. So, you know, we obviously have a product that regrows hair uh, and we have a couple other products that also will rebuild the cellular matrix of the face. And again, these are all obviously done through cosmeceutical peptides. Um, and as you guys probably are aware, you know, peptides is kind of is in its infancy right now in the world. Um, you know, it's mostly mostly known by bros more than it is by doctors. Um, But my business partner happens to be one of the world's top uh, molecular slash biochemical engineers and easily one of the top formulators. And so, you know, we've created some products that are absolutely going to change the world, already are. Um, And, you know, again, they're just very disruptive to the industry because the industry is predicated on really fraud. You know, the whole hair loss industry for the most part, you know, sales products that um, don't really produce results. And if they do produce results, they develop a psychological and a physiological addiction to using them. And I'm obviously talking about DHD inhibiting drugs. The last estimate there's between 12 and 20 million men and women in the United States that use DHD inhibiting drugs. And it's not pretty what DHD inhibiting drugs do to male and female biological systems. Um, but unfortunately, again, the clinical community does not really look at ways to determine what's happening to the cells of people using these things. And so most people just continue to use them, not knowing that they're very deleterious to your health. And so, you know, part of my deal now is like really exposing the underbelly of these as we, you know, continue to push our product into the ether, as I say, because our product does not have side effects, it does not disrupt hormonal pathways. It's totally natural. Um, And like I said, if you are living a good, clean life, you know, you're not going to have any issues regrowing your hair using our product. Well, for those
1: who are not watching on YouTube, um, the three hosts have some sort of follically challenged uh, scalp (laughs) issues, if you will. Um, So, you know, um, that may be the, the next podcast that we do is just about... You and your hair, kind of. thing. Um, sure. You know, you you've put a lot in here in the last ten minutes or so, Jay. I want to go back a little bit to the injury Please. where things started rolling for you, and where you realize where you got that diagnosis of the the low testosterone. You know, a lot of our guys in our groups talk about um, that maybe being that potentially being a problem for them, but they're not really sure or. They've had the test and it's like, well, you've fallen into a certain zone. So therefore, you're normal and whatnot. So how, and again, this happened to you, what, 20 some years ago, but kind of tell us where your numbers were, where you, how you determined that it, or how the physician determined it was low, how you got to where you are now, how you maintain. I mean, that's another in-depth kind of loaded question, but kind of give us a little bit more uh, detail on that if you
3: could. Yeah, so it's a really good question. So I'll just give you mine. From my past experience, and then I'll go into like today. And obviously I'm very, very knowledgeable and learned and educated in this, so I can speak at a high level about it. Um I was pure luck. But again, I don't think that it was a coincidence. It was like again a synchronicity for me to have this challenge so that I could do what I'm doing for men, you know, planetary wide in this regard. But uh it was just pure luck and then I, you know, was referred literally to a physician that knew what the hell they were doing because 98% of doctors have no clue. Okay. Yep, I've got one the of those guys in the 98. you <laughs> who go to these groups and they you know, go to a PPO doctor or a family care practitioner or a Kaiser doctor, you have a less than, I would say less than a 0% chance of getting prescribed therapeutic testosterone. And that is for many reasons and not to disparage the physicians, but they are not trained in understanding this. There is no standard patient care model or hormone optimization in any medical school anywhere in the world. So I always tell guys like, you can go to your family care practitioner and get your labs done and they're going to come back to you and they'll say, oh, you're fine. Because A, they don't even know how to read the labs, B, they don't even understand the difference between free testosterone and total testosterone. Free testosterone is the only thing that matters when you're actually measuring whether or not a man or a woman for that matter has a deficiency. Um, so, you know, that as you were saying, you know, they quant- quantify them in these laboratory ranges, which are, you know, again, based on standard mean deviations from the top and the bottom. So it's kind of like a bell curve. And if a guy is like, you know, barely over the line of low, they're like, oh, you're normal. You're fine. But meanwhile, that guy could have a severe deficiency because, A, he has extremely low free testosterone. Total testosterone is actually a meaningless number. You know, I could tell you that there's thousands of guys out there, hundreds of thousands of guys out there who measure out at 600, 700 on the total testosterone scale and have a six or a five free testosterone. And to be optimized and optimized, we would define on this podcast as feeling good and balanced. You got to be minimum 25. So that's like one fifth the level where you should be to actually feel good. But, you know, just to go back to your question again, literally you cannot as a man, if you're listening or watching this podcast, and this is going to rule out a lot of guys, you know, because obviously finance has come into concern. You cannot go to a family care, you know, or PPO or insurance doctor to optimize your hormones. If you do, you're in trouble. And I know there are outliers. There's guys out there that reach out to me. He's like, hey, bro, you know, I got a family doctor and he writes me a script and I get my insurance to pay for it. Well, okay, you're out there. The average dude, if you want to do this right. And again, this goes for women too. You have to seek out a cash pay physician that has an experiential body of work. And they're out there. You know, unfortunately, and again, this is ugly, but unfortunately, a lot of the people that do treat specifically hormones are what I call windmill clinics. And they're worse than a PPO doctor because their job is to come have you as a patient come into their office and them to put you on seven or eight medications. Okay. Because as they stair step the medications, they make money, right? But they don't give a shit whether or not they're going to balance you out, because they're just looking at you as just a cash. You know, you're just an ATM to them. And so every every other guy that comes in or woman that comes into these these windmill clinics, as I call them, is going to have the same issue. So you 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 know you have to do your homework. Obviously, I would recommend you know reading my book. I give my book away for free, which you know we'll, by the end of the show we'll figure out how guys can get it. Uh, I'm also in right now in production uh, with building a course on hormones that I can assure you guys is going to alter the planet for men, you know, and ultimately women uh, who want to have their hormones optimized because it's going to be like the place to go. Uh, And we're not going to rip people off. You know, it's going to be at a place where anybody can afford it, you know, because this information is critically important. As you guys know, look at the world right now, man. People are getting sicker. Um, you know, more inflamed, uh, more bombarded by the environment and the chemicals and the EDCs and all these different things. So, you know, as we get later into this uh, decade, it's going to be critical for men and women to understand how to do it right. I wonder,
1: Jay, if you have been um, following me over the last few months, because in a very quick nutshell, um, I looked into TRT, um, got my test. Um, I was at around 302, 307. Something like that. And so they put me on a very, very minimal dose to start things off. And about six weeks in, I was doing one injection every two weeks. And after six weeks. One
3: injection every two weeks will kill you. Well, it It'll did. Kill I'm you. still here, but it didn't, didn't do anything for me. So, cause it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Like you're working with somebody who has absolutely no idea what they are
1: doing. Right. right. So I, I, Zero. after at my six week blood test, it had gone up to four Oh five, four Oh nine, something like that. So, um, didn't hear from the doctor and finally, you know, made a few phone calls and finally they got back and said, well, now you're in the normal range, so you don't need any more. And I said, well, my problem is that, I've not experienced any change in anything. So, why would I keep doing this if this is supposed to be benefiting me in some way? Well, we're not going to allow you to get any more dose or up your dosage or anything like that. So, I stopped after six weeks. So, I'm back to looking for what you're talking about of finding somebody that knows what they're talking about. And this was a urologist, but still not overly impressed.
3: They have absolutely no earthly idea. I mean, so just so you understand, the once the one injection every two weeks protocol comes out of a book that was written in Germany in two thousand and three. It's the Nischtag testosterone. Uh, I forget the full title of it. You know, I sourced a little bit from my book from that book, but it's absolutely worthless. They they don't understand how to optimize uh, men. You know, they are looking again. If you think about it from a theory standpoint, they're looking to replace which is, again, a meaningless term in today's day and age because testosterone is cessating so fast and so hard at such an early age that why would you want to replace something that's going under? You want to optimize, you know, and obviously the people that I work with, and there's tons of doctors out there I can recommend you, so don't worry, you're not without hope. And, you know, COVID, if it did anything good or productive, which it did very little, uh, it did open up uh, tele telehealth he-
1: tele- mm-hmm. or,
3: you know, So you can work with pretty much any physician anywhere you want in the country now. There's no real boundaries. Um, You know, maybe that will close later or soon because, you know, a physician supposedly has to have a license in that state where you're at. But uh, there are various licensing bodies now that will give a doctor a license in pretty much almost every state. You know, some states will never allow it, like New York and stuff like that. But uh, even in the communist nation of California where I live, you know, it's still... You can still work with a physician pretty much anywhere you want.
2: No, oh, that's, that's interesting, and it doesn't surprise me. I've had my own fair share of uh, pretty serious medical issues, just in the in the in the IBD world. And so, like, I know what you mean about finding most doctors. Like, I, I've actually had to fire a few doctors, and I had to do a ton of research where I actually found a doctor that gets me, and we get along, and he doesn't speak at me; he speaks to me, which is uh, which is a big deal. So, like, and keeping it in the context of this conversation, um, what are some like, like red flags? Like, if you go to talk to your doctor, you got to start somewhere. You're probably going to start in the wrong spot, you know, according to you. So, uh, if if you go to your doctor, you try to bring up this conversation, and, and what are some red flags that would tell a person that okay, this guy's just trying to blow me off, or is just giving me the textbook answer?
3: Um, it's just you and me now, man. Get knocked off. Um, I think first, the. I mean, it, it's a good question. I mean, um, I think the the bigger issue is like you don't go to your, your, you know, I, I just call them quacks, but you don't go to any garden variety insurance doctor. You have to go to a specialist. You know, you have to do some research. Uh, I actually created a document that's in the TOT Bible on like the questions to ask, you know, how to vet your doctor. Excellent. Um, So, you know, that's, I give that out for free, but, but in reality, you know, to, to your question, because it is important is you cannot go to a doctor that is not experienced in doing this. Otherwise you're set up to fail because they don't know what they're doing. You know, like he went to his gym, I think, right. He went to a doctor who's a urologist who's supposed to be, yeah. Supposed to be understood in this. He has no clue. That urologist has no clue. Anybody who would give a man one shot of testosterone every two weeks should not have a license, should not have a medical license. That's torture. So Literally torture.
2: What your, what's your take on uh, it? Like I mean, he, he's like,
3: probably not feeling very well.
2: Yeah. Well, I know he said it hasn't gotten what? better and, uh, and he's definitely shared his frustrations overall with, with his experience. And I mean, understandably so if you go to seek out, you know, medical help and, what they're prescribing and offering you is does absolutely nothing for you. How how is that not frustrating?
3: You know. Oh, it's, it's horrible. I mean, well, you know, for, for Jim, he, you guys, you guys can all go check it out. But there's a website. It's called TestosteroneAddiction.com, and it's actually put together by legitimate people. I mean, they're utterly clueless, but it, they're basically you know sharing their experiences of like what Jim dealt with. Right. So if you get thousands of people who get quacked by idiot doctors who have no idea what they do are doing and they actually make the patient far worse um, and then they share their experiences on this website, you can read it. You know, I mean, obviously, I've been to the website many times. It's been around for three years. Uh, I always tell people to go check it out so they can understand that, like, there is a way to do this wrong. And if you want to understand how to do it wrong, go read that website because there's tons of testimonials from patients in there. But I mean, it's the same story as what he said. Literally, my doctor gave me a testosterone injection once every two weeks. And when I got my blood work done, I was less than when I started. Well, duh. The doctor doesn't even know what they're doing. I mean, again, any doctor who would do something like that is literally not, should not have a license, should not be allowed to prescribe testosterone because that's medieval in the way testosterone functions in biological systems. So. You know, I feel for him, but like I said, I mean, I've heard it from thousands of people before.
2: Yeah, it's not.
3: Unfortunately, it's not a exclusive to just testosterone when it comes
2: to I And mean, I'm not like you said, I'm not trying to talk yeah, trash to all doctors, but you definitely you got to take a little bit of health in your own hands and take the personal responsibility and make sure you at least find something that you jive with. You know, you got to make sure you feel that connection, because I went through a tons of doctors and it was like this this very last doctor. Her last comments to me in our very first visit after having a, just a fantastic conversation. And she's like, well, you know, just like we, this is mostly female doctors in this practice. And we do have a male doctor coming. If you think you feel more comfortable. And I'm like, look, man, like we just spent 45 minutes talking to each other. Like me and you are on the same page, Like Male, female, doesn't matter. Like you're my doctor now and that's not going to change. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we've been moving forward that's with cool. that. It's been, it's yeah. been working out really, really well. But I mean, the, the amount of legwork I had to do to get there was, it was, was pretty intense
3: yeah you well, you had to do your own homework. I mean that's you, you said it right, berto. I mean, you know that's the whole story of this book. you know it's how do you become the scientist of your own health? You don't have an option. there is no one out there going through your medical records who gives a shit about you, right like you alone are responsible for your own health, so you know the most the most that you can do from an educational standpoint to inform yourself and educate yourself. Before you go to those doctors, I mean, you're going to be better. I mean, again, this document that I created on how to vet your doctor, any man or woman, because a woman can use it too, who reads that document is going to be more informed than 98% of the doctors that they see in in the industry. That's not an exaggeration. Again, and again, this is not to disparage physicians. It's just to be true and truthful, which is there is no standard patient and care model. The only guys and gals, and there are many women that are amazing at this, Uh, who have been practicing for 10 plus years doing this. They have, you know, hundreds if not thousands of patients. They've been optimizing hormones in various capacities and ways. And so they know how to do this now. And they have, you know, they have an understanding. There's no templatized way to do this. That's the issue, right? Like, I always get into arguments with dumb people who, you know, say to me, science, studies, peer review, and I always laugh. And I'm like, do you know anything about peer review? there is not a single study that has ever been done in the history of the earth that can be replicated. Not one, right? And you guys know this because you guys have heard of this. There, you know, everybody is N of one. We're all biochemically unique. So what works for Berto is not going to work for Chris. What works for Jay is not going to work for Jim. So you have to experiment and, you know, you know, essentially be a guinea pig on yourself. And, you know, it's what I always tell people, when you do this, if you do a do- find a doctor like you obviously it seems have Berto who knows what is up and will obviously listen to you because you're right that's a key, that's a crucial element. You should never do anything, okay, other than testosterone itself in isolation. So you understand what testosterone in isolation does to you and your endocrine system. If you go to these you know doctor clinics or you know windmill clinics whatever you want to call them TRT clinics. And they literally put you on this, 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 and this, this, and you come out with like a $900 bill and you don't even know what is doing what. I mean, how in the hell are they going to figure it out? They're not. They don't care. They just want to mitigate your side effects from all those different drugs and agents that they just loaded you up with when you come back and see them in like 60 days or 75 days or whatever it is, 50 days. Right. So it's like when you do this right, there is a way to do it right. You know, unless you're a guy who's in your 30s and you want kids, testosterone in isolation. Anybody who tells you otherwise, just trying to sell money, sell you supplements or pills or agents, you know, HCG, pregnenolone. There's a million different things they can give you. But until they understand what testosterone is going to do in isolation for you, don't waste your money. Yeah, because until you understand what it's going to do they're not going to know either. So that's why I always tell guys, especially when you're 40 and you're done having kids, testosterone. Okay. I don't give a shit how you use it. The only ways to do it that are legit are injection or uh, transdermal, which is like, you know, on the skin, uh, you know, a cream. Yeah. Uh, Actually at the base of the scrotum is the best way to do it now because the scrotum is eight times more permeable than any other skin area on the body. So when you put it there, it's absorption is much faster the, uh, the half life of the medication is, is uh, it simulates natural production. So when you use scrotum cream and you use it like in the morning, every morning when you take a shower and wake up, you're going to simulate your body's natural production as close as you can, even better than injections. You know, injections are a close second, um, but, you know, for injections, you got to inject at least a minimum of every other day. Okay. You have to inject yourself at least every other day. And again, that's to mimic the body's natural production, you know? So Jim, you know, think about you being injected once every two weeks. I mean, like I said, that's like medieval. That's like a form of torture. That's like jacking up your testosterone and then crashing it beyond belief. And then, you know, coming back two weeks later, when you're already crashed to get another one, I mean, it causes so many side effects and symptomology. I'm sure you could go over and over. I mean, I can't imagine how you felt. I mean, I know how you felt, trust me, but uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But, uh, you know, that's unfortunately where we are today. You know, it's it's incredible. The, the smart doctors on the planet have all read my book, right? Like, if you go to a doctor today and you want hormones, you could actually vet them by saying, hey, look, I'm not working with you unless you're familiar with Jay Campbell's TOT Bible. <laughs> and the good ones will literally say, I've read it backwards and forwards. It's, you know, on my physician's book back behind me right now. Right. But the guys that don't know who it is, you need to run out of that office. You know, and I'm not saying that from a hubristic or an egoic standpoint, I'm saying that from a point of fact, because all the top doctors have read my book. They know, you know, that's, that's like laughable there. It's the, it is the physician's next reference. That's why we call it the Bible. It has, you know, 870 studies. You know, there's nothing ever put together like that. And it's already old. It's from 2018. So, um, but, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate where we find ourselves. But again, as you said, Berto, you have to be proactive. You have to take ownership of this yourself if you're going to go and do this.
2: Yeah, it's it's just a, interesting to hear you talk about this because you know, I've talked about my issues before on, on other podcasts and a lot of similarities between what you're talking about and, and what I went through and just, you know, trying to find my way to health and pretty much having doctors be of little or no use at all for decades upon decades. So finally, I just happened to stumble across, you know, yeah. the ketogenic yeah. diet, which well, I'll admit, was probably more about what I wasn't consuming as opposed to what I was consuming that, that, you know, triggered all my symptoms. So like, yeah, this, this is really fascinating knowing that, and obviously I knew there's other people out there that were struggling with the same kind of thing I was struggling with, but to hear someone else talk about it with a completely different health problem is a pretty eye opening. So thank
1: you for sharing
3: that. Yeah, no, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to. Were you able to hear some of that, Jim?
1: I was a little bit. Yeah, I apologize. For some reason, my home Internet cut out. So um, I wasn't uh, pissed off at you or anything that I just walked away for a little bit,
3: I <laughs> No, it's all good. you're going to go for a walk around the block.
1: <laughs> Technology's great when it works. <laughs> Son of a gun. He said I was right. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um. And I apologize if this has been brought up since I got booted off for a little bit or whatever, but um, I'm sure in your book, you talk about the relationship of food and whatnot to men's health and everything. So kind of give us an overview of what you discovered in your studies and everything about what's worked for you, what's worked in general and so on.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm obviously a huge advocate of nutrition. You know, I always ask this quote, whenever I speak or I lecture or whatever, I always ask because it's mostly physicians. You know, I always ask them, "What's the most powerful drug known to humans?" And you know, I usually set them up by saying that ninety-nine out of hundred of you will not get this answer right, and they'll, you know, they'll think of this drug or that drug or this drug or that drug, and I'm always like, "Nope, it's food." Do you understand yeah. the molecular cascade every time you take a bite? What happens? You know what I mean? And then I go, you know, get all esoteric and whatever. But uh, the reality of the world today is is that ninety percent of health problems are due to poor nutrition or malnutrition if we were going to go into the third and fourth world. And that is, as you guys now know, I mean, everything is contaminated. Where, you know, you guys are keto guys. So like, you know, how sure are you getting grass-fed, wild-caught food? Because I can make an argument that even that shit is contaminated, right? So the reality is, is that all of us, especially living in America, in the West, are now dealing with an onslaught of poisons, okay, from the EDCs, the, you know, the phthalates. Um, I mean, there's just so much, you know, if you guys are in the Midwest, you guys are being destroyed by glyphosate and atrazine. That shit is permeating in everywhere, you know, mile up, it's everywhere. So, people have that in their skin. They have that in their uh, intracellular water constituency in between the skin. They have that, obviously, in visceral body fat. It's literally a carcinogen and it's everywhere. So, in reality, you have to be very, very health conscious or guarded in what you put into your body. Okay. And it's very, very difficult if you eat any kind of garbage, you know, processed food, you know, anything in a box. Um, that's not somewhat poisoning you. And I know it's not easy, right? Cause that shit tastes good, man. Like I'm a cereal dude. You know, I could sit there and eat like a gigantic bowl of cereal. Right. And I, I can't eat that stuff anymore because it's so laced and contaminated. It wasn't when we were growing up, thank God. But now it is, you know, and the reality is, is you just have to be very, very, very aware of your microbiome. Right. And how sensitive what's going on in your, in your gut. Right. Because You know, the science now tells us that the microbiome is a bigger, more important brain than this fucking brain, which is hard to believe. But when the gut brain is off, when the axis of the gut brain is off, it just literally leads to a slow, steady drip of inflammation in the body. And, you know, the whole entire way the disease state of this planet works is physiologically, we have to be inflamed and then the inflammation leads to the cellular degradation, and then the degradation causes the diseases of aging, which you guys know them all, right? Most people don't even understand that neurodegenerative disorder, which would be obviously Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, Parkinson's, all of these diseases are actually diseases of the gut. Okay. Now, science isn't smart enough to understand that yet. There's some guys that are, but there's a reason that the highest level people that tr- that study neurodegenerative disorder call all of it type 3 diabetes is because they understand it's the same uh, mechanism of action that causes type 2 diabetes, okay? Right. Type 3 diabetes is just further down the chain or second and third order effects of the disruption of the pancreas and the chemoreceptors failing, right? So what does that mean? Well, it means that if you eat too much simple sugar or too much carbohydrates, and you overproduce glucose, i.e. insulin, you're going to wipe out your pancreas at some point. And once your pancreas and the chemoreceptors in the pancreas stop functioning, and you can think of the, pa- the chemoreceptors in the pancreas as, as like a swinging door. So just think of it, it's like a screen-in porch door. And it has just a certain amount of swings before the screws you know, give out in the frame. And that's the way your, your chemoreceptors are in your pancreas. And if you're just a typical American eating like shit, eating boxed food, eating sugar, drinking too much alcohol, just, again, a typical American diet, what do they call it? The SAD diet, the standard American diet, your chemoreceptors give out by the time you're 35. And once they give out, well, type 2 diabetes is inevitable because you have no way to regulate the insulin, Right. So now, again, your door doesn't swing open anymore. It's not closing shut. It's broken. So you're just constantly in a cycle of overproducing insulin, spiking your insulin. You know, now you're physiologically tired. You go from energized to tired, energized to tired. It leads to, obviously, body fat deposition. It leads to inflammation, so on and so forth. But the, we don't even realize, and this is coming, but the neurodegenerative disorder in this country In the next 10 to 15 years is going to make people have like, they're not going to believe it because it's just the next stage from type two diabetes. That's what happens after that because your brain stops working too, you know, and that inflammation in the brain, you know, that everybody talks about, um, what's it called? Um, I can't think of it right now, um, for, um, Alzheimer's. Oh, amyloid plaque. Well, what do you think amyloid plaque comes from? It's a downstream second and third order effect, again, of too much sugar consumption and your insulin fail and your pancreas failing to regulate your insulin production. So, you know, to to circle around to your question, um, you know, I recommend that people control what I call insulin control. They live an insulin controlled lifestyle. And what that means is you are eating obviously keto or you're fasting or you're carnivore or you're, again, you're controlling the consumption of sugar and carbohydrates. And when you eat your carbohydrates, you're only eating your carbohydrates around specific timed events like weight training, like some sort of explosive movement that you're doing, whether you're a strong man or whatever, and you keep the insulin under controlled through the mediation of eating carbohydrates, again, you know, producing glucose and, and sugar um, relative to when they're necessary, right? So like, you know, in my book, Living a Fully Optimized Life, we talk about maintaining metabolic flexibility. And metabolic flexibility is, again, fueling your body relative to its energetic demand, right? So again, if you're a weightlifter or a bodybuilder or a strongman, you need carbs, right? That's how you're going to perf- fuel the performance. I mean, you just have to do that, right? Now, guys out there today cannot eat carbs and eat you know a ketogenic or an atkins diet or get a fasting diet you know but at some point you have to fuel your body's energetic demands relative to that demand right so like i always say like the best bodybuilders in the world are going to eat carbs at some point relative to when the energy demands that they eat carbs okay you absolutely can be a ketogenic guy And still train effectively, but you're not going to be, you know, and I'm sure there's guys out there who will dispute this, but you're not going to be the ultimate level of of competitor at the highest levels of bodybuilding. If you're only eating fat, it's just not going to work. You're eventually going to have a breakdown. And as I told you guys, you know, I read, I wrote, you know, I was, I helped write the first book, the ketogenic diet in practice Lyle McDonald wrote it and I helped him. I was one of his test dummies. And I was in ketosis, heavy ketosis for almost five years, three years, straight ketosis, two years cyclical ketogenic diet. So I was in and out. And I know for a fact that I was in my best physical shape, uh, aesthetically looking and also, you know, lean and muscular when I was able to mix the carbs. So, you know, eating ketogenic all the time, you know, and again, there's always outliers, but eating ketogenic all the time and not refueling at times when it's necessary to refuel, uh, can also retard insulin metabolism. And we found that out, you know, back in 1995, 1996. And that's why I always recommend that like, you know what, it's cool, man, if you want to be a keto guy or a carnivore guy, but, you know, learn to fuel your body with the right type of carbohydrates when your body needs to refuel you know energetically especially for training or around training and stuff like that. So it's interesting but ultimately at the end of the day if you want to stay if you want to live the longest and strongest, avoid sickness, disease and obviously aging because the metabolic disease is what causes the fastest aging, you have to minimize your insulin production. So you have to live controlled.
0: Let's uh, piggyback on where you were um you were talking about um the way we eat and, and how that affects everything. So, Jay, one of the things that you have uh, recently put out, uh, well, I, I think recently, you've talked about it. it I, I found out about it whenever I was listening to your interview with Ben Greenfield, where you were talking about uh, your combination of alternate day fasting, but you do something weird on the fasting day to help to encourage muscle growth. Talk about that.
3: So, um, so I hope hopefully I'm getting it right. So I'll just lay out my program. So my book is called the Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, and it was written in 2017. Still an amazing book to this day. I think according to Amazon, it's like the third highest fasting book ever sold by uh, Amazon. And it's you know it's not there's no there's no uh, how do I say it? It's not uh, rocket science. It's essentially adopting a protocol of you fast every other day. It's essentially alternate day fasting, but the hacks, and I created this over like 10 years, uh, from say 2008 to 2017, 2018, working with private clients is that you train on the days that you don't fast and you fast on your non-training days, but on your non-training days, when you fast, you do your cardio. So your cardio, so essentially you're training every day right but you're lifting your explosive you know exercise resistance training is on your eating days and your cardiovascular training is on the days that you don't eat okay so when you do that you really ramp up all of the biochemical cascades that happen when you fast right and you know without getting really esoteric when you fast well, let me take a step back because most people who will be listening to this podcast are most likely confused about fasting because there's so much misinformation. Fasting is not eating, fasting, excuse me, is not going without food for 14 to 16 hours. That's not fasting. Okay. Now most people think that's fasting because there's books out there about it. And so, so gurus on the internet told them that it was, but fasting does not happen biologically slash biochemically until autophagy and hormesis happens. And autophagy and hormesis cannot happen scientifically to a human body or, you know, human metabolism is the best way to say it, until you're about 18 hours without any energy nutrient, okay? So 14 or 16 hours, you know, you stop eating, you know, at 8 o'clock the next night and then the next day you woke up and you ate breakfast at 11 and you didn't eat for 15 hours, that's not fasting. Now, if you extend it to, say, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you go 17, 18 hours, it's likely, and you do that over time, right, your body becomes adapted to that, it's likely now that you are biochemically fasting. Now, to extend your fast to 18-plus hours, and really I like to say, and this is in the book, I say go 20-plus, what happens is at that 20-hour window, 19, 20, 21-hour window, The body starts releasing fight-or-flight hormones, okay? And this is even when you're fast adapted over time. And fight-or-flight hormones, like and they're basically called catecholamines, norepinephrine, epinephrine, there's a couple other ones, noradrenaline, they attack the stubborn fat on your body. So when you start fasting at 20 hour windows and you do it regularly, and again, you become fast adapted, it's like a, that's why we call it the metabolic blowtorch. It's like a blowtorch to stubborn body fat. So you will drop body fat in areas that you're prone to store it, which is obviously for men, you know, around the belly button and the hips and the high part of the back really, really fast. And, you know, I'm obviously there's thousands of people around the world that have used this diet. Um, but you know, I always challenge guys who are doing 14 to 16 hour fasts. I'm saying like, look, man, trust me, the science doesn't lie and you're not immune. Extend your fast another four hours. Oh, but bro, you know, it's really hard. I start getting pain in my stomach. Okay. Well, it's willpower it's resolve, you know, have some fucking resolve and do it. And anyone who does that, you know, and I always tell them at least do it for 30 days, sees dramatic body composition shifts. Right. They lose that fat. They couldn't lose that stubborn area, that place around the belt buckle, you know, whatever it is where they, you know, just stuck. They have like a plateau. That's when you lose it. Um, Now, obviously, the book offers all sorts of hacks through, uh, you know, interventional agents and adjuvants like metformin and desiccated thyroid and peptides and uh, albuterol and just, you know, super, super gamifying fat loss. And anyone, you know, can obviously do that, male or female. But uh, if you don't have any of those agents and you just want to just like really get lean and shred yourself and lose body fat the fastest way possible, just go without eating 20 hours and do it three or four days a week, right? Like for me right now, I don't eat on Saturdays and Sundays until the evening. I have not eaten today. I've been drinking. You guys see, I've been drinking black coffee, right? And I've been drinking like this. This is a, a... deuterium depleted water with electrolytes, which is enhancing mitochondrial function. But I don't eat. I don't eat until five, you know, usually 530 or six o'clock. And that gives me 20 hours of fasting on Saturday and Sunday. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I do the same shit. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I train. Right. So on those training days, I eat whatever the fuck I want. Now, I'm not eating Doritos and, you know, Mountain Dew. Right. But I'm eating... You know, somewhat clean carbohydrates like yams, brown rice, white rice, black rice, um, you know, a ton of vegetables uh, and then clean protein. Right. I'm a huge steak guy. You know, my wife's firing up a ribeye tonight. Probably I have another show. I have to do it six. But after that, I'll eat. Maybe I'll even be able to get a chance to eat if I'm off with you guys in, in enough time. But if not, I'll eat it probably seven, seven, fifteen. Um. And that's, you no, know, that's how I roll, you know, on my, uh, I probably eat on my training days, somewhat between 200 and 250 grams of carbs. Some days I go higher if I feel like I need it. Um, and then on my non-training days, which again, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I barely eat any carbs, you know, like even this meal, when I break my fast will be a fat ass ribeye, medium rare, um, you know, with like a salad and probably like green beans or broccoli or, and if there's no greens, I'll just eat the salad you know, and then I go to bed and I will tell you guys this too. And I, I've uh, this is coming from research that I've been recently like becoming more and more aware of. And it's kind of a good bonus for you guys and for your community. Um, if we as men would just not fucking eat three hours before we go to bed and do that for 30 days, you cannot imagine how much that will improve your, your metabolic health because all of us, you know, it's that, Grow in us. It's that warrior mentality. You know, we get that hunger and we want to eat at night. But it's like, just fucking chow. If you're hungry, just eat all day, and shut it down at least three hours before you go to bed. Because the studies are so unbelievable, and they show that like, if you do not have food in your gut while you're sleeping, you know, so that three hour window has made sure that it's all digested and metabolized. You are going to sleep so much better. You're going to get rid of inflammation. But the, the the lack of disturbance in the sleep cycle is what blows you away, right? So like that's what I have been doing since I found this out. It was like mid-May where I just don't fucking eat, you know? Like I'm done eating by 7.45, 8 o'clock. And if I do eat after 8, then fuck it, I'm not going to bed until I have at least three hours without eating before I go to bed. Because I'm telling you, take the Pepsi challenge, do it yourself for a week, and notice how much better you will sleep. I'm telling you guys, like I've probably broken that deal twice in the last two weeks. I ate a bowl of cereal. I was like, fuck this, I'm eating it. And I literally woke up at three o'clock in the morning. Like, I thought I was going to die. I was like, oh my God, just sat on the toilet. Like, I cannot believe I did this to myself. Right. Because your body is becoming that much more regulated to treating it in that way. But we are all as men, we, we eat too late. And then we go to bed and we lay there, you know, we wonder why we can't fucking sleep well. You know, and it's because your body is digesting food, especially keto guys and carnivore guys. I mean, we eat so much fucking meat, especially red meat, you know, and that takes time to be deaminated by the liver and digested. So if there's one tip, I always say now, like, and I used to just tell people, stop eating carbohydrates after six. And that's a great tip too. But now literally do not eat food three hours before you go to bed and try to do that for a month. And I'm telling you, if you do that for a month, you'll never, ever go back to doing it again. You might break the cycle a little bit like I just did, but I'm like, whoa, I will never do that again, <laughs> you know, because you just feel better and you sleep deeper. You're not waking up three times to take a piss. You know what I mean? So it's like that. I and mean, these are just simple, 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 simple things to employ, but much harder to actually engage and execute.
0: I am pretty certain that we would be able to monopolize your time for three or more hours with all the stuff that we could get into with you. And I appreciate ma- it, man. Maybe because we'll have, have you
3: on any time. Absolutely.
0: We'll we'll have you on again so that we can dive into some of your mindfulness stuff, because that's really what you said that you're more passionate about these days. And uh, definitely. Totally, man.
3: Like this stuff is like, I mean, it's cool because I don't do this that much anymore. So when I get an opportunity like I have today, it, it comes up and it flows, but yeah, man, most of my jam now is spirituality and consciousness. That's what I really enjoy nice. talking about. Yeah.
0: yeah, we could definitely get into that because that's not something we often get into on um on this podcast be but but mental wellness, you know, mental and and spiritual health is an a- another aspect of of health that we definitely uh sometimes uh, actually oftentimes as men uh neglect. And so definitely we can get into that at a at, at a later time on another podcast, uh, we'll, we'll do that. Let's uh, let's close out uh, for now. I don't think Jim Berto, Are there any other pressing questions uh, applicable to today's conversation
2: that we need to, to ask? No, no. I took a lot away from it. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm starting to cut tomorrow. I do this every year. Like, right, right, my birthday is the end of August, so I'll start like a little miniature bodybuilder style cut just to lean out as much as possible and look good on my birthday. And, uh, I'm going to, I don't know, a couple, just a couple of random things you said, the three hours before bed, the, I don't know about the alternate day eating thing. i got to think about that one because I love eating, but, <laughs> but, uh, I'm definitely going to be, uh, I'm going to be looking up that book and, uh, I'm going to do the three hour thing for sure. That one's easy enough.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. You'll, 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 fe- you'll just, it's not just the fact that you'll digest your food better. You'll just feel better. Like it's unbelievable how much better your sleep is. And you'll notice in three days, it, literally in three days, you'll be sleeping better and you'll be like, damn. You know, but again, it's not easy to do. You really, really have to have resolve and you really have to be intentional that you're not going to eat, you know? So, I mean, it makes your diet as far as when you eat, like you time your meal frequency a little bit more, uh, fastidious, you know, you're going to be looking at that time. Like, okay, I, you know, if I go to bed at 10, then I know I, I can't eat after seven. If I go to bed at 11, okay, I got till eight, Right. But it's like, like I said, you need three hours of digestion.
1: Well, I've got, uh. I've got Amazon pulled up with a testosterone optimization therapy Bible in front of me too. Yeah, but so. don't
3: buy it. Don't buy it. Cause I'll just give you the PDF for free. Oh. So you guys, your audience can just go to dot uh, com forward slash free books. And you can download both the Bible and the metabolic Torch diet. So you guys can look them over and get both of that stuff. So anybody can, I just give them away for free. Awesome. Thank you.
0: That's that's fantastic. Um, absolutely fantastic stuff. And I, I think – I didn't get to chime in because of technical issues during that time, but I've been on TRT now for four years. I am one of the very few that lucked out and found a uh, – a, a, one of those situations in a urology office where you've got a uh, – a doctor overseeing several practitioners. And so my practitioner is actually up on this and he actually That's works awesome. on me and he, you know, and then I'm also armed to the teeth because I found a Facebook group that I won't advertise on here, but they're on their game and they right. know a lot of what you are, are relating to us. And they right. helped me be able to go into that office and be able to say, okay, this is what I'm needing. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll do it. <laughs> it was. It was. It, it,
3: that's that's it, awesome, Chris. Yeah. Um. So, when the guys that watch this download the book, if they want the PDF of the questions to ask your doctor, just have them email my team. It's contact at jaycambell and um, one of my teammates will send the PDF to ask the questions because that's really good. Yeah, for sure, Jim. You yeah. could use that right now when you to yep. your next doctor. And I absolutely send me an email. Uh, when we're off air, I won't put my email, but you guys have my email, but just send me an email and I'm happy to recommend you to a doctor.
0: Thanks, Jake. Much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, well, um, I think we're going to go, well, actually, no, sorry. One last question that we always ask everybody. <laughs> what is your favorite keto meal? But the answer cannot be steak. <laughs>
3: uh, okay. That would be easy for me. That would be, um, ice cream. Uh what is it called? Synthesix ice cream, uh the whatever their blend of ca- cassian and whey protein isolate is with MCT oil and cinnamon blended up like crazy, you know, and sipped. Like what it's called. Co- well, when I say blended up, like I put like crushed ice in it and then I just shake it out of it. What, and what
1: what kind of ice cream I'm like trying to type it in and I'm getting weird <laughs> stuff on Google, man. So <laughs> <laughs> What is the, what, is there a
3: brand name to it's, it? Uh, it's called ice cream. It's for uh synth six or whatever BSN. I think it's called BSN. It's okay. Protein manufacturer. Oh, ah, there you it go. It comes in the red. Yeah. The red tub. And it's like uh, ice cream, whatever, whatever, whatever their ice cream blend is. Okay. And, and then cinnamon and MCT oil mixed up and it's just bomb. Absolutely cool. bomb. Okay. Gotcha. So that's actually, I would add bonus question. Um, if you do Fast. And your goal is to drop as much fat as possible. That's what your meal is when you break your fast. So let's say you go 20 hours, right? On a fast, on your fasting day, and then you're like starving, you're hungry, but you're not gonna, you don't wanna kill your diet. So you're like, what can I eat? That's not gonna like fill me up. Drink two of those. So throw in, you know, you could throw in some, you know, if you don't like MCT oil, it could be something else, right? Avocado oil, whatever the hell you drink, uh, C60 oil. But that is going to, mct preferentially burns obviously you know do uh faster than amino acids you know preferentially is you f- fuel and if you're already in ketosis it's even going to work faster but that's a really good hack too to like not um uh, overeat at night when you break your fast just have those because obviously the mct oil really satiates you
0: yeah the the thing that I picked up when you talked about that on the Bangor Greenfield podcast, and that that was the thing that I was like, oh, that's the the weird thing that he does. He just does a protein shake. Well, that protein shake, it to me makes a lot of sense because your body's already in this really anabolic right. state, and you're just giving it fuel to 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 do that. But it does, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, oh,
3: oh, okay, yeah. And MCT I, oil is it it, mm-hmm. it fills you up, yeah. You know, it's like pouring Crisco, but it, a clean, healthy Crisco. Because, you know, you, you drink fuel. one of those and you're like, fuck, man, I'm full. <laughs> you know, and if you're still hungry two hours later, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to follow that three-hour principle, you just have another. And then you go to yep. bed. Yep.
0: Very good. I well, do. thank you. Thank you, Jay. I really appreciate it. Um, you're, we want to get you cut, cut free so you can catch your your steak real quick before you have your next appointment. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, thank you for taking some time out of your Sunday. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful I, rest of your day. Uh, too, I and appreciate then,
3: you guys too, man. Like I said, if you need to get a hold of me, uh, you know how, and uh, com forward slash free books. Have them hooking up.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, to everybody else. Until next time, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. dot bcom you can also follow us on instagram at keto man's club podcast lastly if you have any comments or questions feel free to reach out via email to keto man's club podcast at gmail.com thank you again for joining us today and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week